Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. The Opus, an exploration of legendary records and their ongoing legacy. Not just the history, but how this music continues to evolve. Shaping lives, shaking rafters, and ingraining itself into our culture. We're opening the vault on a recent Classic Records re-release, delving into its inner workings and lasting impact. Maybe you're a longtime fan who wants to go deeper. Maybe you're a first-time listener and you're curious to hear more. Either way, you're in the right place. Find us at Consequence of Sound, iTunes, or wherever you tune into podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, Take a moment before we get started here to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. Uh, Whether it's on uh, YouTube iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast from, hit the subscribe button there. Uh, we put out multiple interviews every single week. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Darius Rucker. He is back in the land of Hootie and the Blowfish. Why? Because 2019 is the 25th anniversary of Cracked Rearview. The band is back together. They've just announced a, uh, a tour, and they're going to be putting out new music as well. So we're going to be getting an update on all of that. But, of course, we're going to be heading back to that record that sold like 20-some-odd million copies. Everybody had a copy of Cracked Rearview. And if you didn't, you knew 10 people who did. I'm going to be asking about some of the deeper tracks on there, like Drowning and Time. Of course, we'll bring up Only Want to Be With You. And did you know that David Crosby was on that record? I'm finally going to get the story on that one as well. Then we'll head to 1998, Musical Chairs. It was their third album. It's a big favorite of mine. It found them in an interesting moment on TRL in a time where you wouldn't expect to see Hootie and the Blowfish on TRL. 
And it also planted the seeds of the uh, the country life, the country music life that Darius Record would eventually have. In fact, we do jump to 2008 as well to talk about the uh, 10th anniversary of his debut country album, Learn to Live. There's a lot of years to cover and a lot of great music inside. It's Kyle Meredith with Darius Rucker of Hootie and the Blowfish. Hey, this is Darius. Well, uh, let's see. I, I don't know whether we start in the, uh, the, the past or the present here, but uh, suddenly you're back in the land of Hootie and the Blowfish again for the first time in a long time. How, how's that feeling? Ah, you know, it's old hat, man. We, you know, every time we get back together, we get right back into the same dynamics of our relationship. So it, just, it feels, feels old hat. Well, I know it's been uh, part of your life for, what, over half of your life, uh, I guess, at this point. But may- maybe we'll start with the present here because that's that's sort of the news, right? It's like the band is is back again. Yeah, you know, uh, making a record and doing a tour. And then in a long time, you know, uh, it's going to be it's excited about it. It's going to be fun. Uh, Doing the record, getting the record together right now has been a bunch of, been a lot of fun. So I'm looking, looking forward to going back out and playing for everybody again. It, was it just time? I mean, what brought this on at this point? Uh, we were talking about doing something for a while, and we thought the 25th anniversary of Cracked Review would be a good time to go back out and do it again. So what's what's it sounding like? I mean, what 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 can we know about this record so far? Is it where you left off? I mean, obviously everybody's got a lot of miles behind them since the last one. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time since we made it. It's been probably 12, 13 years since we made a record, so uh, maybe longer than that. It was, it's us. You know, we, we once again, you know, it's all about the songs for us. So, uh, you know, we're going to sound like we sound no matter what. So uh, it, it's, it's all about the songs. I think we got some great songs. I'm really excited for people to hear. And as you're talking about, you know, it's the 25th anniversary of Cracked Rearview. We're talking about one of the biggest albums of all time. Uh, the moment I'm guessing your life completely changed. What goes? Yeah. yeah. What goes into looking back on this right now? I mean, has there been a lot of concentrating on that record for you? Oh goodness, no, no. You know, <laughs> that record was an anomaly, man. You know, that was uh, that was something that uh, that record. It was perfect timing and a perfect record for that time. And you know, I mean, what 21, 22 million records in the states later. You know, here we are. But uh, nah, not really. We never really do that. We just go ahead and move on to the next one and see what happens. I mean, you talk about that many millions i started thinking about too because because the other than you know the 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 demo and ep stuff before that you know coochie pop or whatever you know this happened and it's such a massive massive success right out of the gates is there a curse of too much success oh absolutely I mean, you, have, you know, you have that much success no matter what happens after that as a flop. You know, I, I, I think uh, Fairweather Johnson sold five or six million copies and it was a flop. That's you know, that's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy to think, you know, but uh, of course there is. And there's the backlash. There's the backlash of being that big that comes with everybody. Every time it happens to somebody, there's some kind of backlash. So you just, you know, you deal with it. You go on and try to have a career. Isn't that so warped? I mean, how, how that happens in celebrity that because you got popular, suddenly, <laughs> you know, suddenly you've got to deal with you should be having fun right then, right? You should be. It should be all celebration and yet there's that side of it. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy to uh, think about all that, you know, but, but because, you know, that, having that kind of backlash, having that kind of thing, it means you did something important, did something big, did something that affected people, even even affected people negatively, you know, and so that's something you can be proud of. 
Yeah, these songs, you know, I, I, I didn't know this until reading just recently as I'm preparing for the interview and everything. Some of these songs had been around since the late 80s, I guess. And, and I thought, I thought if, if, if Cracked Rearview sounded different in the age of, of grunge's height, where exactly did they come from in you in, in a time of the late 80s when they would have sounded even more out of sound, I guess, unless you're in comparison to something like R.E.M., which I know you're big fans of. Yeah, for us, that was, you know, the grunge thing was never really big for us. You know, we never really, I mean, we liked it. You know, it was cool. Nirvana was cool. You know, those bands were cool. I liked the songs, you know, but it wasn't like we heard that and went, oh, we have a song like that. Yeah, we had, we were already making our music and doing what we wanted to do, so we just kept doing what we wanted and didn't care. You know, then, and don't get me wrong, when we came out with Crack Review, we didn't think it was going to do what it did because grunge was king, and, and, and you know, we just were hoping that Atlantic would let us make another record. <laughs> That's always a good bar to set right there. I just hope they'll let us make another record. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Checking out some of these songs too, because "Drowning"'s always been such a powerful song. And and you know, when I hear it now, though, I, I don't think of '93. When I hear it now, I think of of 2015. I think of that Confederate Confederate flag debate that we just went through a few years ago. Uh, I, I think of you know 2009 when the uh, Muslim hate crimes started rising. I mean, this is a song. It's one of those songs that unfortunately continues to stay relevant in in a way. And I, I didn't know if it still resonated with you like that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we still play a few shows a year, and every time we play it, we play that song, and you know, it still resonates for me. Because I think it means as much today as it's been. It's as important today as it was when we put out 94. You know, I mean, I, I think that's one of those songs with the way America is and the way America's going is always going to be relevant. Because there's always going to be that hate. There's always going to be that, that just that faction of, of America, that faction of people who think it's okay to hate people for the because of their religion or the color of their skin or stuff like that. And I just think that's crazy. And I, that's why it's sad that a song like Grotting was, was always going to be relevant. You speak predominantly to you know country audiences these days. There's an idea of country audiences being you know a more conservative, thought-based group. Uh, and and I don't know if you want to you know dispel that or or play into it or whatever. But but do those worlds ever clash? You know because because you do talk about this stuff a lot in a lot of your songs. I think country music is. I mean, it gets it gets that reputation of being very conservative. I think there's, there's a lot of people on both sides of the aisle. Because especially today, you see how big it's getting. There's no way it's just you know only conservative people with country music doesn't work that way. But uh, you know it it it. it, it you know, I, I'm gonna be me no matter what. You know, and I'm not, I'm not preach, I'm not a preacher. I don't preach to people. I don't tell them how I think they should feel. I don't tell. I just, you know, I just tell them like I see it. And so, if you, if you like that, you can deal with it. Great. If not, you know, I guess you don't want to listen to my music. I'm gonna hit a couple more of the songs here from Crack Your View too, because time. You wrote that so you were pretty young when you wrote the song Time. What did you know about the passage of time at that point, and and does it feel different now? Oh, dude, that song's grown so much for me. I wrote that when I was really young. I was in my early 20s. You know, when Mark brought that music, he said, write some lyrics to this. And, you know, <laughs> I wrote Time. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's evolved so much. The words haven't changed anything. But, uh, you know, as you get older, time time becomes uh, something that you think about more, I guess. And, and so, uh, you know, that, that opening line where I said, I don't believe in time, you know, that that, that, just, that is just still, that evolves all the time. That evolves every day into something more and more and, and, and real and real. You know, it's, it's a song for, that's another song that I think is going to resonate for a lot. I mean, it, it, it's always funny that as we're young, 
you know, when we're so young is when we start thinking about that. You know, it, it, it seems like that would come much later, but I think we all do that, too. You know, as soon as we hit 20, we're like, oh, no. <laughs> let's let's discuss yeah. death's door, you know? It's whatever. You're absolutely right. You know, and then when you get older, you know, and you really have to start facing your immortality. I'm 52 now. I got, you know, friends and family members that die, and you really start facing... You know, you start saying stuff to yourself like, how much more time than I really got? You know, 30 tops? <laughs> you know, and that, 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 that's wild to think about. I mean, people live into their hundreds these days, Darius. Let's let's not get dramatic here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that life, the life I've lived, I don't think God's going to let me live into my hundreds. <laughs> I, I found that Only Want to Be With You becomes really relevant again, too, because uh, Dylan just released his latest in the bootleg series, which happens to be More Blood, More Tracks. And I thought, what interesting timing that is. And and I, I don't know if a lot of people, I know that was sort of part of the story when it came out, but I don't know if a lot of people were really uh, aware of, of the story, that, that you're calling out some Dylan lyrics there. But how much of a pain did that end up being for you? No, you know, they, they call, you know, when we, it was funny because we wrote the song and we sent it to Dylan's pub people and you know they were like oh that's a great tribute you know that's cool no no big problem no big deal and then of course we put it we we put years later we put it on on a we put it on an album that sells a million copies and you know then it's a big deal <laughs> but uh but uh it was cool you know it, it, we handled it they they were cool about it we were cool about it. we handled it we, we did what they asked and you know it's all good now have you heard the new bootleg uh version of that record no i haven't yet oh, I'm, i am going to download it and listen to it i haven't heard it it's so good I, but, i mean i love it it's sure it's great yeah. That's my favorite era of Dylan, too, so I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I've got a rocky, not a rocky relationship. I go back and forth because I, I don't know why, but I compare that record so much with Desire because of the styles and everything, and I think I end up leaning on Desire most of the time, but uh, that's here nor there. And, and, and But I'll tell you, this this new bootleg version is just gorgeous, completely gorgeous. Well, I gotta hear it. Yeah. I'm gonna get it today. How did, we'll, we'll use one of his friends, how did David Crosby end up on, on Cracked Review? Oh, goodness, we had a, we had a friend of ours. It was Kenny Rankin's daughter. Her name was Jenny Rankin, Jenna Rankin. And uh, she hung out with us. She was a friend of ours. And she was in the studio a lot. And we were sitting around one time having some drinks. She said, I can get David Crosby to come by. I was like, yeah, fucking right. Yeah, yeah, right. You can get David Crosby to come sing on the record. She's like, oh, I'll call him. And sure enough, she calls him. And later on that day, here comes David Crosby in the studio. It, it was, it's still unbelievable. We still can't believe David Crosby sang on and it. Well, he sang the yeah, back up on Hold My Hand, right? Oh, my, oh my hand, yep. I've he never sure known that. Like, I, I, I. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Because, because... I mean, if you listen to the song, you hear him the whole time. I mean, if you know David's voice, you listen to the song, you go, that's definitely David Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's amazing, because at that point, I mean, of course you're rising in the ranks, because, you you know, you found a major label deal, but, you know, to a point where you could uh, pull in, you know, well, a Hall of Fame, I mean, one of the greatest vocalists of all time. I mean, that's that says something right there. It, it was really crazy, because... Uh, you know, he came in, he had never heard of us, and he's, he's hanging out with us, we're having a great time, and we're laughing and talking, and, you know, he's being funny, he's like, you know, he says there's something to Jenna, like, you know, maybe next time you get me to come sing on a band that somebody's heard of, <laughs> you know, that was, it was pretty funny, you know, he, it was very funny, and then he came in, and he nailed it, he killed it, I mean, I think he sang the song twice, and we were like, that's just awesome, I mean, that's just awesome. Did he, uh, did he give you any pointers, I mean, did he, you know, was there like, oh, you should do this with the song, or did he just walk in as it is, and, and just lay it on it 
Oh, he just walked in and laid it down. Oh, wow. He just walked in. He was David Crosby laid it down. We were, we were being produced by Don Gaiman, so he knew Don, too. Oh, right, you know, right. So it was a cool little thing. That whole thing ended with a, uh, a video of your um, of your summer, of the tour and everything, Summer Camp with Trucks. I don't know. Have you seen that recently? Because I, I figured, like, that's that's got to be a cool little snapshot. I'd like to see that again. I haven't seen it since since we put it out. <sighs> but I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to see that again. That's probably that's pretty funny. Uh, jump ahead a few years because so Cracked Review officially turns twenty five next year. Uh, this year there is a, an anniversary as well, uh, and it's a, it's a record that gets looked over. Musical Chairs uh, was released twenty years ago uh, this year, and let me tell you the first thing I remember about that record is. Um, I was watching MTV, and TRL was on, and you all popped in. I don't know if you remember this day, but it was so sort of out of nowhere, and I think I remember you saying that your manager or your label didn't know that you were there, and they were probably going <laughs> to, I don't know if be upset was the right thing, but uh, <laughs> but were just unaware that you were about to be on MTV and debuting a new song live. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> we were there, and Carson's friend, and... You know, we were there, and we were like, yeah, we'll play. <laughs> well, you know, we'll play, or, you know, we'll play a song. And, and, you know, that was just that's a different time right there. You know, we just happened to be around New York and happened to be in the building, and they asked if we wanted to do something, and it worked out good. Yeah. I mean, but but here's the interesting thing. You, you played, I think you played Desert Mountain uh, uh, that day, if I remember right. And I thought, looking back now, like, that's crazy, considering what MTV was at that point, what pop music was at that point. Yeah. You know, and what pop music was, was becoming. But, you know, that was we knew it wasn't going to be a single, but that was a song that we liked. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we played it. Did you get a sense of the sea change in, in music at that point? You know, because as you mentioned, you know, Crack Review oh, yeah. does it. And, 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 and Fairweather, you know, it's it's not as big and everything. But, uh, you know, still four or five million. That's that's huge. But, but here, when Musical Chairs comes out, I mean, what does, you know, pop life mean to you at that point? Oh, the whole landscape is changing at that point. You know, grunge, you know, it was going from grunge through us and Dave and everything into the, the, what it is today, the urban, you know, the, the urban beach that it is today. So, uh, you know, pop music was just changing drastically, and, you know, we were just trying to get out of the way, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Were the, the, were the illusions of grandeur, you know, set aside at that point? The expectations changed? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it had, I think, you know, we, we were, you know, we, we were going to have our, our, our hits on AAA or whatever it was going to be, and uh, hopefully get a song on the, on pop radio here and there, but, uh, you know, we, we, we just want to go tour. That's all we ever want to do is tour, so that's what we were concentrating on, let's put out some records so we can tour. But that record, you know, I, I, I want to give that record, you know, the, it's worth due to, because I do think that's just, the, like, also when I listen to it now, and, and I listen to, to, to Desert Mountain, and I listen to um, uh, Michelle Post and I think you know this is this is the stems of what would eventually become your country life in a way I mean I, I feel like the seeds are all over that record more so than than the two before it yeah I agree you know I think the other two before that had maybe one or two hints of, of country and you know what I was listening to at the time and but uh and, you know yeah I think music chairs was really where you could see where I was headed you know because most of those songs you know I had a hand in writing or wrote myself and and so uh, you can see where I was heading. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing that, uh, you know, you can look at it and go, okay, I, I see what I get. I, if I was listening, I, would, I wouldn't have been surpri- so, so surprised if you went to catch me. And the great songs all through that. I mean, I named a few of them there. And the amount of time I've spent in my life humming only lonely to me and, and the guitar riff at the beginning of Bluesy Revolution. I mean, that's, that's taken up a lot of time in my life, those two songs. <laughs> oh, man. I, 
I love all those songs. You just brought back a whole bunch of great memories. <laughs> I love yeah. those songs, man. And, and, and as big round numbers go, it just so happens, as we're talking about this, that it also ends up being the 10th anniversary of Learn to Live as well. I mean, this is your reintroduction uh, officially to the world, uh, I guess, after a, a one little uh, one-off uh, R&B solo record uh, far back in there as well. But uh, uh, did you take time? I mean, you know, I, I know you said you don't do a lot of looking back, but has there been any uh, moments where you've said, oh, wow, that's this is 10 years of of chapter, you know, two, three, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I've sat back and, I mean, it's crazy to think that I've been in Nashville for 10 years. You know, five records, 10 years, 10 number one songs. I mean, that's just, I didn't expect that. You know, I really always said that I wouldn't have given me a record deal if I was my brother. I wouldn't have given me a record deal, you know, because, uh, you know, who would have given the African-American pop singer a, a, a record deal for country music? Who, I mean, who's going to believe that? Who's going to buy that? And who's going who's gonna to believe that? Who's going to say, okay, this is working? And so I wouldn't have given me a record deal. And, you know, Capitol did, Mike Duncan did. And, and, you know, and not just gave me a record deal, but gave me a real shot. That was the thing that really got me. I mean, I understood the record deal, but, you know, giving me a real shot working it and not giving up and not not letting people say i'm never going to play black guy deter them from saying you should play this song yeah it, it was it's crazy to look back on the last 10 years and you know now to see kane brown and and, and jimmy jimmy and jimmy allen and, and those guys having number one hits and you know i just i mean it makes me proud to be a part of that to, to know that i you know, I had a little part in opening the door for those guys. And I mean, and it did. Success found you again. Was did it happen really quickly off that record? I wouldn't say. I would say. I mean, some people would say real quick because it was my, my first single went to number one. You know, but we worked that thing for a minute. We we, we were out there. You know, I went to 110 radio stations in the in like two months or something like that. You know, five days a week, three or four stations a day, every day. And and you know, that was a lot of work, but. You know, it paid off. It's, it's the crazy thing that is that it paid off. And and and, and you must. I mean. 110 radio stations is insane. That that is crazy. And and to think that most of the time, I, I don't know. Did it feel like you were having to to shake the shackles of Hootie off or, or to re-explain yourself? I mean, I'm oh, sure that's what everybody you know wanted. Oh goodness, yeah. yeah. You know, it was it was it was a curse and it was a blessing. It was a blessing because everybody would see me because of Hootie. You know, I mean, everybody. There wasn't one program director said I don't need to see him. You know, <laughs> they all let me come in the building because of Hootie. Yeah. And and you know, but then once I got in the building, they didn't. Want to play my song because of hoodie oh geez <laughs> right so so it was that kind of you know it was that kind of thing and uh but you know in the long run i think the song picking don't think i don't think about it picking a song that was definitely a country song undeniable you know it wasn't holding my hand with the fiddle on it yeah you know i mean mm. having a real song that we could literally say as a country song and going through all that i helped a lot and you know once once it started happening people just you know like i i had a, I had a couple guys tell me who are now like they're my champions. Like they're like the kind of guy, if I need an extra spin to go to number one, you know, these are the guys that'll play it twice for me, or two times in a row. Yeah, you know, accidentally <laughs> with air quotes, two times in a row. But, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I had, to, I had them tell me that they didn't think the audience would ever accept an African American country singer. Straight, I mean, told me straight up, just like that. My audience won't accept you. I was like, wow, never heard anything like that before. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, that, you got to be kidding me, but they weren't kidding. But, you know, now, you know, people realize that's not true. And they're, you know, you, you got guys having big hits. 
Yeah, these are the, uh, the the same the same program directors that would say, "Oh, we're already playing uh, a, a woman musician in rotation. We can't we can't have a second one." I, exactly. I ne- never understood exactly. the parameters of any of that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. Same people. Yeah, and that that does bring us back to the present. Uh, so you all are announcing the group therapy tour. That's a fun title. <laughs> is it? Uh, is there any story behind calling it group therapy, or just for the fun of it? Uh, one of our favorite bars in our college town. It's been there for 50 years. It was there 20 years before we got there, and probably be there 20 years after we leave. It's called Group Therapy. We always stop by there when we're in town, so uh, you know that's where it came from. Yeah, and a little spotlight on the other guys too. I mean, what have the other guys been up to? I mean, obviously it's easy to keep up with you, uh, you know. But what uh, what have the other fellas been doing lately? I mean, it's been great. You know, Mark, uh, Mark, our guitar player, is a college professor now. He uh, he basically started the uh, music program at uh, College of Charleston, and he teaches. He's taking next year off, but he he's a college professor. Uh, Dean is in the wine business, big time, big time. And Sony got married and got a really got remarried and got a really big family. <laughs> so uh, you know, he's been making some records, but mostly just uh, raising his kids. Everybody's doing great. That's why there was no rush for the last ten years. Everybody, everybody was really enjoying their lives. Well, I, I'm seriously excited to hear how this sounds and seeing you guys live again. But it, but especially, you know, to hear what a new record sounds like at this point. I, I really can't wait. Do you know if there's a timeline on that? Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have it out this, uh, this summer. Cool, Darius. Thank you so much for talking to me about this. I really appreciate the trip down memory lane. And again, I, I can't wait to hear that uh, that new record and see you guys live. Well, I'm pretty excited, too, man. We'll see you on the road. All right, man. Take care. Take care, man. A big thanks to Darius Rucker for the call right there. Looking forward to the new album from Hootie and the Blowfish and, of course, 2019's 25th anniversary of Cracked Rearview. Uh, if you haven't already, please do hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening right now, uh, whether that's on YouTube, on Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Well, Darius. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, we lost. Uh, I don't know. The Jets, I think. I'm sorry about that, man. It's okay. <laughs> Walking down the street and some homeless guys asking me if the, if the Dolphins won this weekend. <laughs> Is that really the question? <laughs> oh, one little line in a song and it'll follow you forever. Well, I, exactly. One line. Consequence Podcast Network. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.